Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's doing his sixth podcast in four days. How is that even possible? It's not. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello, my fine friends. Uh, welcome to Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, though I was, uh, I was talking to the cast of American Pie, The Book of Love, which we all remember. You remember? Bug Hall's in it, isn't he? Brandon Hardestry, he plays Marshall Lube, Lubete, Lubeteski. We've all seen it. Even Stifler didn't do this one, but uh, Dustin Diamond did. He, was, he makes a cameo in it. Not seen it? They call it Rehearsed. But anyway, those guys, I have seen it. I've seen all the American Pie films. <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a big book that's hidden in the library that's all the generations of school kids who've been to that school, their advice on having sex. It's great. <coughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, I've done. I've done. Um, it, you might say it's not possible, but I've done. I've done f- in the last four days. I, I've done uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, four days. I've done six podcasts. It, you, you might say, "Come, Rich, you only do one a night, so that isn't possible." But it is as long as you cross the international date line between each <laughs> podcast, you can make it work. Don't go in the wrong direction, though. Will you be in trouble? Um, and uh, yeah, look, Rahel uh, 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 is uh, making it into the mainstream. A lot of you have sent me, including Chris Evans, not that one, have sent me the article from The Guardian, uh, which is saying, is it adultery if you cheat with an AI companion? Uh, which, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that... I hope not, or I'm in a lot of trouble. Because uh, I often just masturbate over thin air, which is 
Oh, that is. Uh, to be honest, everyone who sent it to me, I'm much more interested in the story that's right beneath it that no one ever comments on, which says, we made horse semen into little shakers. Uh, and that is... Which I think is also possibly a, an emergency question I've done. Uh, but we will find out whether it's... Uh, we'll have, probably have a discussion about whether it's cheating to have sex with AI. I mean, it's just like the AI will create a saucy conversation with you, all right? Isn't it? That, you've got to be allowed to do that in a relationship, haven't you, madam? Spice up... <laughs> Don't you think, oh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, he definitely thinks so. Uh, it's literally having sex with nothing. You can't... If they, if they stop you having sex with nothing, what can you... What's left for you? you haven't, I'm having sex with nothing now. Anyway, let's crack on, because we have a fabulous guest. I uh, can't believe it's only his second ever appearance on this show, and nor can he. He's furiously angry <laughs> for being so lax. Uh, he's best known, of course, as Mickey Moran in Doctors. That's why we're all here tonight. Will you please welcome the incredible Ed Bird, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mickey Moran, a.k.a. Mickey Moran from Doctors. Mickey Moran. Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed you do. How are you? I'm very good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm delighted you were in Doctors. I missed that episode. I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. That I've, there's a few things I've been in that I've not seen, and really? that, is, that is absolutely one of them, yeah. You've done <clears> I played a wheeler dealer. A wheeler dealer. Who was trying to sell a load of uh, blow-up uh, dolls. Oh, really? Inflatable men, I think right. they were. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the the wrong audience you were going for there. You guys, well, maybe not. Um, I was, I, I, all I remember is that it was very much tangentially um, involved with the plot of the episode. <laughs> okay. That's what's the one thing I remember. Like it, it, I, I I didn't. I only spoke to any any of the other members of the cast at the very end. I think okay. it was like my granny was being seen by one of the doctors, oh, right. and somehow that's why they crowbarred in this weird <laughs> only fools and horses storyline about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about, a, about a trader, yeah, anyway. You do quite a lot of uh, acting jobs, though, on and I off. do bits and bits. I do more yeah. acting jobs than I do episodes of your fucking podcast. <laughs> Second time, this is. Second yeah. T- the first time I was on, the only other time, yeah. um, Sarah Pascoe was on as well, and I think it was her first time. Okay. How many times has Sarah Pascoe been on now? She, oh, she's only on it, like... Fuck off. At least four times. Because every time she's on it again... Because I follow you on Twitter, like, you know, and every time she's on it again, I go, oh. <laughs> I see Sarah's on again. <laughs> oh, well, people do get asked back, do they? Right, OK. That's nice. Oh, she's on again. That's, that's three times and I still haven't been asked back. I mean, I think she's very funny. She is. But is funny. she four times funnier than me? Is she four times funnier than me? I mean, now I've been on a second time. Still, is she yeah, twice as funny as me? <laughs> but some people are so funny, you have to space out yeah. their appearances. Oh, Otherwise, ah. it spoils it for that. Now it's I like when there's a very popular TV show, they move it around in the schedules to give the other shows a chance. Yes, when they that do happens. that. They will do it. I've been involved in those shows, <laughs> yes. Where they're so popular, they go, we need, to, we need to give this a cult following. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll not advertise it. We'll not market it, and we will sneak it out at different times in the schedule every week. <laughs> Very good. Series two of Dara and Ed's Big Adventure, for instance. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, well, the last time... Oh, no, not the last time. There's been many times, but I, 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 I know you're a big fan of quizzes, uh, and you've done quite a few on the yeah. TV. As am I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started tweeting a lot about Tenable, and you very excitedly got in touch with me and said... If you ever do, if you're ever on a celebrity team of Tenable, get, are you get want me to on be your on? team. I will and do it. Sadly, yeah. I've, I've not been able to make that happen yet. I don't know if they've done a celebrity version of Tenable. I don't know that they have either. No. Are you, are you a, fan like of, a fan of... I find Tenable... Um, is a weird one. It's a little... I think it's a difficult quiz. Have you ever watched it and just marveled at how stupid the people are who are on it, though? <laughs> have you ever gone, are you really, really... You, name, uh, <laughs> name, name something a brass instrument. Yeah, and they've gone piano. <laughs> no, that's not the brass. I think the problem is, is yeah, the, it's actually a pretty hard. It quiz. is a hard quiz. It is, and hard then quiz, and yeah. I don't think they they don't necessarily bring on the best quizzes. No, if it, if you right. hit the right subject for you, then you're okay. Yeah, and there's some way you can. You know, I prepare. Just learn all of Shakespeare's plays. Learn all the Monopoly board. The Monopoly board comes up all the time. Yeah. Just learn the Monopoly board. I'm going to be absolutely 100% honest with you. Um, I am doing the weakest link 
is okay. the next one I'm lined up to do. Okay. And last night, uh, having been out, having gigged, and then I got home, I, I, I went at the iPlayer and I put on various Celebrity Weakest Links and I just sat full of whiskey and beer. And I even, like, just forward wound through the fucking who's voting for who shit. I just, it was just the questions. I just yeah. sat there like it was boot camp <laughs> and just answered the weakest link questions. He's gone, Bismarck, churches, <laughs> Berlin. Oh, come on, get in. I hope you get voted off in the first round. Oh, mate, I'm going to do it. <laughs> do you know what's going to happen? It's going to be, like, a really fucking easy question, but it'll be something like Love Island or Coronation or just something that everybody knows that I just don't know. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be some really easy something about Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, nah, and, and I'll get voted off. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to do well. I'm sure. The problem with it, if you do too well, they'll vote you off for being too good. <laughs> so try and I be. I don't think that happens <laughs> on the charity ones. And if it does, you're allowed to be really arsy about that. <laughs> if, to get voted off, when it's for charity, to get voted off because you, they, you, you might win. <laughs> that is a dick move. If, it is. If, but then you might be thinking about your own charity. Your charity will win, but my charity won't win. No. So I have to think about my Whoever, charity. It's all about who's going to get the most money for whatever charity. Surely. Well, maybe. No. Is my maybe. sense of fair play just too strong? Yeah, I, I think people will, be, will, will cheat to win. Um, <laughs> my problem with Tenable is that the, yeah. it's the only show I know that has diff two different hosts. So Warwick Davis does it, and then Sally Lindsay took over for a bit. And I want to know what the story is there. I think I, that has happened before. Yeah. I think other shows have not mid-series mid though. I, have you heard of Pointless? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Osman stopped doing Pointless, and now they've got quite a lot of different people. Yeah, but have you seen? Have I got news for you? <laughs> he did it. For, <laughs> did it for you? It's very unusual in the first series. Yeah. Early on, yeah. Well, no, but Tenable's been around for a while. Yeah, I guess yeah. Warwick Davis was... Because he didn't he go off to... The, he would have been off doing Willow. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, probably the, was that, that TV series that is yeah. already being pulled from Disney+. Plus. Oh. No shade, Warwick, but... They had to make a studio for him that was the right height for him and then make another studio for Sally Lindsay. Though that's the... A whole studio. Well, just their, just their bit. They had to change it's it. It's a chair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, you've done you've, the ones I haven't done that you've done. Um, you've done Mr. and Mrs. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Now, Mr. and Mrs. was a bit, I feel it was a bit unfair yeah. because I was on with Angela. You were hopefully on with your wife. I was on with my wife. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the other couples was, oh, I, I can't remember her surname. Her name is Angela Griffin. She's, yes, there you go. That was beautiful. <laughs> Angela Griffin. It's either her or Lansbury. So here's the thing. <laughs> her and her husband had been on it already. Okay. They'd been on it before. Okay. Uh, with one of the Jacksons. Maybe Tito? Yeah. And then subsequent to the recording, before the broadcast, Michael Jackson died. Okay. And they just thought it was too weird because there was a bit of chat with the guy, whichever member of the Jackson Five it was, yeah. about his brother and that, without any mention of the fact that his brother was now dead. Right. So they felt that the entire show had to be trashed okay. and re-recorded. Yeah. So, well, not even re-recorded, they just binned it. Yeah. So Angela and her husband came back, having already done it once. Practice run. And I just think that was just not fair. <laughs> it presumably was for charity, they went, so you didn't it was complain. For charity, but still. <laughs> but still. <laughs> You're just glad whoever had the, well, made the most money won, right? There's right. a bit, the bit the where, we, where we lost it was there's a bit where you just hold up a panel. You just hold up a paddle yeah. of left or right, depending on whether, you, whether the answer applies to you or your partner. Okay. And it really, if you were, if you were of a mind, and I'm not accusing Angela of cheating, but if you were <laughs> of a mind and you knew that that was that word, you could just decide with your other half, we're just going to go left, right, 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 left, and <laughs> yeah. that'll be it, regardless of what the questions were. You could. I'm just saying, if you'd been on the show before and you knew how it worked, there is a way that you can game the system. And they fucking destroyed on that round. That round, the one round where you could absolutely game the system was the round where they did very, very suspiciously wow. well. But yeah. I'm not accusing her of anything. Okay. <laughs> I really not. I, I was hoping for a more of a laugh there because now the absolute lack of a laugh really makes me look like more of an arsehole. That's like... You're just telling me backstage how you got in trouble last time for making an accusation about a TV show and I think you might just have done it again. So uh, it's... Uh, 
Family Fortunes. You won Family Fortunes. We did. We won Family Fortunes. Uh, my sister did all the heavy lifting on that one. Okay. Um, we, we, you know, in that thing at the end where, I mean, yeah, I think you have to get like 200 points to yeah. get the, 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 the full-on jackpot. Yeah. And she'd already got like 160 points. That could be out. hard, though. That's she got four of the five top answers yeah, before I pretty, even got out there. That's pretty good. Which really ruined my opportunity to look like a hero. <laughs> <laughs> you could have still got the... I did, well, I got the other one. Okay. I did get the fifth you could one. Still, you've still got all five. You just have to go again. So you still had a chance to be a hero, but you, you <laughs> let it down. Right, these are the other things that I'm surprised about with you. Yeah. Well, okay. not surprised. Right. Uh, I don't know if this was just in lockdown, but you've sort of got into carpentry, and I understand you've built your own gazebo. I did build a gazebo. How did you know that? I know everything about you. I've got to find How's, stuff out. Where has that surfaced? I don't recall. I, got to, I, d- I dive in deep, and I find I out decided. everything. Have you been listening to other podcasts? Um, I, I haven't listened to another podcast. I got that from an interview. It might have been with like a local newspaper somewhere. It must have been. Yeah, I did. I built a gazebo. I also dug out uh, a, a sunken patio. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know you because you're outdoorsy. I do. You, a bit you, of like, that. you like. You like. I know you like climbing, climbing hills, mountains, yeah. and Munros. Um, the the gardening thing, the hard landscaping, all came about. Myself and my wife basically just decided to divide and conquer. I do usually like to do a bit of cooking. Yeah. But when we were locked down and we had to just, we just went right. She just said, "You fuck off outside. <laughs> you go in the garden. There's stuff there needs doing, and there's stuff there that doesn't need doing. But I'm sure you can find something." <laughs> And she did all of the cooking, like right. all of it. Okay. Like I didn't, while we were locked down, I didn't, I barely made a slice of toast. Okay. And it nice. just became a thing and it just became her domain and the garden became, and she used to be into the garden. She used to be, into, you know, growing veg and stuff yeah. like that. And she just didn't, she didn't go near it. And it just became, in order to keep ourselves sane, we just <laughs> decided, it was like, the, have you seen the film The War of the Roses? Another bit where they and they, they 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 actually mark out. It's like this seems rational to you. I got more square footage. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was like that. We just yeah. decided we have we're stuck. We can't leave this house. So here's your domain and here's my domain. Okay, and did that work out for you? I mean, presumably we're you were still doing it. We're still doing it. You do live in the shed. <laughs> we rhyme the word opposite ends of the house, and we find that works a lot better. <laughs> and we communicate via the children and sometimes the cat. <laughs> well, that's you know Tom Baker. <laughs> Used to live in a, either a different house or the different ends of the house with his wife, I think. So, you know, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe that's a good way to we do it. A bit, we do a bit, if, to be fair, yeah. and, and when it's hot. And my, my wife does snore, I have to admit. Okay. And depending on what time we've got to get up in the morning, we will, I will go and sleep in the guest bedroom. Okay. We, we do find that works quite well. Good. Slightly <laughs> too well. <laughs> <laughs> we do love each other, absolutely. But we also... Enjoy our sleep. I think that's a good idea. I, I'm the snorer in our family, although, right. although my wife does snore as well, but I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, but I think I definitely snore louder, in the, but the kids sometimes complain if I'm in the next room to them. So I sometimes go, oh, we've got an attic upstairs, so I sometimes go in the attic. No, my yeah. wife, it sounds like a monster. Okay. And she was, I used to do a routine about it, because she said to me once, do I not sound like a kitten purring? <laughs> <laughs> no. If you want to go with a feline analogy, you sound like a cat drowning in porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that... Uh, it's the, gaze- the gazebos, uh, I understand you, do, you didn't quite get the roof right so that it leaks a little bit. Is that right? The, it's not, I tell you what I did. I put a thing in it so that we could put a fire pit in. We oh, have a okay. fire pit, so I put a, like a chimney thing on it yeah. so that smoke can go out of it. Okay. But it means that it's not ideal. If, you're a- if it's absolutely pissing down, <laughs> right, okay. rain will get in. But if it's absolutely pissing, who's going to go and sit in their fucking gazebo when it's absolutely pissing it down? That's true. You, you, you will. I mean, and I did build it partly because it, you know we were in and out of lockdown, and then there was the rules of you could you could you, know, you could have people over, but you could, they had to be in your garden. Yeah. So it was it was kind of for that. Yeah. You know. Um, it sounds very you know it sounds very grown up. I could I could not make a gazebo. I can't I couldn't do it. Well, you can come and look at mine, and you can go. Oh, you can't make a gazebo either. Ed, <laughs> you, you, you know, it will not last the test of time. That's for certain, sure. <laughs> All right, I've got a new emergency question based on uh, looking up you, and I'm going to see if you can work out why, why you can answer this question. Uh, is, have you ever saved... There is, hang on. That Wait. is the weirdest preamble to it a is. question anyone <laughs> ever done. I found... I, say I, that again. I just wonder whether you'll get the same answer right. as I've got to this question, because okay. I think you can answer this question. Have you ever saved anyone's life? Oh, gosh. Um, 
Not sa- I don't think I ever saved somebody's life, but I certainly assisted somebody. Okay, might be the same one. Um, in in on, on on the hills. Okay, that's one of this. So there's two. I've got two. That's one of them. I, I think you've saved two lives. I can't remember the other one. <laughs> so someone collapsed on the hill and you you helped. But they hadn't out. collapsed. They, what he'd done, he, it turned out afterwards, he torn all the ligaments in his Ooh. knee. He had, he, 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 somehow he was carrying quite a heavy pack, and he whatever way he stepped, he, he crocked his knee. So uh, myself and an, and and uh, a woman called Phoebe, who's an outdoor writer. We, me and her were out doing a thing, an article for the Great Outdoors, and we met. Yeah, we met this guy, and he had done his knee. His name was Josh Bratchley, and that's important. Okay. And so I basically I took his pack from him. Okay. And it was really, and we walked him to to safety, and I lent him my walking poles because he didn't have any walking poles. Uh, he had fucking everything else. His pack <laughs> felt like he was taking some dark matter for a stroll. Like he had a bag of coal to burn in the fucking fireplace at the Bothy and everything, you know. Uh, and like, you know, full, not even dehydrated food, like full fucking four-course dinner he was planning on eating. But he didn't have any walking poles. Anyway, we, we, yeah, we walked him to safety. And, uh, and the joke uh, you used to do about it was like, that, that I tweeted about it and then it got picked up by the newspapers and it became like, oh, comedian, hero of the day, <laughs> saves man, you know, apart from the Daily Mail that said, uh, EU migrant steals backpack from a stricken hiker. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> but he, yeah. Josh Brashley, is now Josh, Josh Brashley, I think he's MBE, okay. perhaps OBE, because he then went on to be one of the cave diving team oh, wow. that saved the football so team you in Thailand. Saved him, yeah. he died up there. Yeah, after he'd eaten all the Who food in this what will happen. Exactly. Wow. Where's my fucking OBE? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're amazing. You saved loads of lives there. That's just one. You saved one in life. In theory, saved. Yeah, yes, that's good. Uh, the other time you saved a life was to do with diarrhea. Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh yes, that was with my that was with the power of my comedy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a routine about the fact that I had chronic diarrhea for a few weeks, and I went to the the doctor. And the the, the routine was really about awkwardness around attractive young women. That was really about what it was about, it was about the fact that I hate myself that I having become a middle aged man, I shouldn't care, but I do care what attractive young women think of me, and yep. I shouldn't, but I do. And I remember being in the in the uh, GP's office, and they went, we have some students who'd like to listen in. Is that all right with you? And I went, fine. And, of course, one of them was gorgeous. <laughs> and, and it was just, it just, it just made, and I could tell, because you know yourself, you, you know when someone's recognised you. Yeah. Totally fucking clocked me. And then suddenly talking about my fucking <laughs> chewed orange of an arsehole. <laughs> and just, just wanging on about my diary. And, and then there was a thing about blood and... Is there, is there blood in the stool? And basically, there was no blood in the stool because there were no stools. Because it was basically like if you put oxtail soup in a soda stream, <laughs> was what was happening. <laughs> and but I said to the doctor or the medical student, "Yes, there's blood, but it's nothing to worry about." Was the thing <laughs> because it was it, there's a difference between blood actually being. It's the point I made as part of the routine. There's everything blood actually in your stool. If you actually have blood in your stool, that's a sign there's something seriously wrong and you need to go yourself, get, get yourself checked out. But if it's just a case of your arse is in tatters because you've been fucking spraying out of it yeah. 24 hours a day for two weeks, that's not so much to worry about. Yep. And the kind of joke was that I knew this much but the, the fact that I said to the doctor, you know, uh, yeah, there's blood, but it's okay, it's nothing to worry about. So, like, <laughs> I knew more than he did. And I don't need to fucking judge you that. So, so that was kind of what... But having said that, having said that thing of if there's blood actually in your stool, there was a woman in the audience in... Um, it was up... No, I think it was in Carlisle or somewhere. Yeah, probably. And she had, had been experiencing that. Yeah. And then when I said that on stage, she went, okay, maybe I better get myself looked at. And she did, and she had colon cancer. Right. And because they caught it early enough... And, and then she went on to become a, an advocate for... Did she save some children in the game? Yeah. <laughs> she, she went, went on. on to save children. She actually... No, she went on to work for Elon Musk designing <laughs> tiny little submarines. So she was actually the, the other team. <laughs> I mean, it says quite something about a person that they'll have blood in their stools and they'll be having diarrhoea and not going to doctors until a comedian, until the comedian <laughs> doesn't joke you know, about it. 
I'm sure. It, <laughs> well, people do. People do kind of go, I'm sure that's fine. And I know I'm yeah, being sexist, true. but men tend to do it more. Men have a tendency to more think, I'm sure it's nothing than women. Women, I think, t- have a tendency to be more kind of, well, uh, but, I, I, but actually not, not in this case. No. You know. And then it just took me just nudging her and going, <laughs> so maybe at the end of every show I should just go, and if anybody has been affected by any of the issues raised tonight, if anybody here, by the way, goes and gets some arses checked out tomorrow, do let us know how it worked out. <laughs> it's beautiful to think this, this, this podcast could save, but what if we save someone who goes on to kill a load of children in a cave? That still hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know that has to be in a cave. <laughs> to really balance it out. You don't know, do you? you don't know. Is it, is it worth saving the person until you know what they're going to do with the rest of their life that you've given mm. them? You should make them sign something as you go. I'm going to say, I'm going to help you down from this mountain, <laughs> but only if you promise to devote the rest of your life <laughs> to good. Okay, Mr. Byrne, I'll do it. Um, what do you think about the question? I don't know if you heard beforehand. I know you've. I know you've got feelings about AI. Um, but, do I? Uh, well, I, I, I do believe. I, do I, I or did I just do another interview after <laughs> an AI and I have to give an answer? You did an interview in which you said you don't think AI will ever replace. No, I'm you. not worried about that at all. Okay, I did. I did. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to make you do it because it's so awful. But I don't think it's worth. Uh, Are you going to make me read out an AI script? But I that? did. I did. did you do a, do don't tell me. Don't tell me. You got. You did a prompt to get an AI to write stand up in the style of Ed Byrne. I did. did you? Let me just check this right. That I did. I just spoke. I just said myself in the sec, in the in the third person. I just. <laughs> just I was just I mean, imagining I, what he was writing. That's all. Let, I, I think it might be funny if I do it, then you do it. Okay. Legion did <laughs> <laughs> That's well. some, that is some racist well. shit. That is some <laughs> racist <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> would you would you do it would you do it like that if I was Mo Gilligan? Would you? Would you? I don't think I would, so. I'd give it a go. How are you all doing tonight? It's great to be here, I must say. Like they've written it. I don't I don't, I I say don't that. so. that's not that's not written in the style of that's pure theft. <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> this is how you start your act. You know, I love doing stand up comedy. It's the only job where people willingly pay you to stand on stage and mock their lives. It's like therapy, but with an audience and a two drink minimum. Two drink minimum. Well, am I American? Now, <laughs> no, I? Well, there's another way it goes into American. There's a joke where it says, uh, I mean, it's really bad. I mean, I'd be offended. If I was you, I'd be offended. But uh, AI thinks this He's going to say it now. I'm going go, to use that. Don't get me started on social media. It's like a never ending high school reunion. We used to think the world was big, but now we know exactly what everyone we've ever met is eating for breakfast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Do use that. It's good to go. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Especially if it doesn't get it. It's ridiculous. I don't need to see your perfectly plated avocado toast, Janet. I just want you to know, I just want to know if you still owe me 20 bucks. Bucks? Yeah. Right. I think so, that's what I'm more offended by. <laughs> it's absolutely just gone. Ed Byrne, is he a comedian? I'll just call up the fucking comedian thing that we've got. That's it. So I yeah. think you're right. The AI will not yet replace Certainly comedians. Well, if it does replace me, it will replace me with a very mediocre American <laughs> comedian. <laughs> um, but do you consider it? If um, I, 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 I did a funny, I did a joke about AI the other night that didn't. I I thought it was very funny. Do you yeah. ever, have you ever? Do you do corporates at all? I used to. I haven't done one. For for a while, but I'm I did one for a very specific industry. It was people who work in the archiving and 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 the provision of archive footage. Okay. So they do it in storing, retrieving, and using for documentaries or, or the uh, burp there. It's good. Uh, you yeah, nearly yeah, got away with absolutely it. Absolutely. With the Irish accent, you nearly, yeah. nearly got away with it. It's just like, oh my god, he's very emotional when he talks <laughs> about archive footage. Did you hear the tremble in his voice? Um and you know, they provide archive footage and they store it and they retrieve it and they also they do a bit of retouching of it. They do like you know upscaling to 4K, all that kind of stuff. This is a, an entire industry is built around this whole thing of storing. And and, and I did it. I, they, had, they had an award show and I hosted it. And so I was trying to do jokes about that subject. And one of the jokes I did that I thought was quite funny was, do you know what's great about you guys is that your job cannot be replaced by AI. <laughs> you know, you, they'll try and yeah, AI can help. You know, there's programs that'll maybe help you clean up and get scratches out of uh, an old old film or help you upscale to 4K, but it takes actual human beings to watch footage and be able to identify where all the traffic lights are. (laughs) (laughs) See? Yeah! That's funny, right? (laughs) They didn't think it was funny at all. It got fucking nothing. (laughs) 
And then I said, oh, and surely, that, surely you think the job doesn't change, but it does, you know. You think it's all about just retrieval and tagging things and knowing what you know. But then, but then you know, 10 years ago, the whole thing changed and the new skill came out of having to paint and edit out all the sex offenders. You know, <laughs> and I thought it was going away. Not funny at all. No. They don't like it up on that's the thing of those guys. That would appear. Anyway. Like <laughs> Do you think it's cheating to have sex with an AI chatbot? I think it's what it, the... The idea is, isn't it? So you can you can do what I did with I used it to create an Ed Byrne routine, but you could go, hey AI, you want to suck my willy, please, and then see what it says. Uh, no, that no. would not be cheating at all no. because your willy wouldn't get sucked with it. Would, well, it wouldn't. There'd be no sucking would happen no. on the willy, would it? And therefore, no crime has committed. Seven the seventy-seven percent of women consider, would consider that cheating, according to this. Getting an AI yeah. to talk dirty to you. Yeah, seventy-seven percent of women really need to fucking work with themselves because that is nonsense. I think like if the worst thing that happens in your relationship is you find out that your husband or your partner is. Talk, talking <laughs> dirty has deliberately chosen to talk dirty to some to a person who does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't paid a prostitute, hasn't had an affair, literally is talking to someone who does not exist and to do nothing more than talk dirty. Yeah. How the fuck? That's Mr. Muscle. That's doing the jobs you hate. Like, how is that? How could that be a problem? Well, I agree with you, but I think I don't think anything should be counted as cheating. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think having sex with human beings. I genuinely and I and I and I could say with absolute confidence, I don't think my wife would think that was cheating either. Okay. I think yeah, I think my I think even my wife, who won't let me have sex with a robot, uh, would. Yeah. <laughs> this is <come> up. <laughs> a robot I made. <laughs> Um, no, because I mean, you know, I've seen, you know, sci-fi, you know, that, that yeah. um, was it Humans? humans was that yeah. the name of it? You that's know, that's the... where the debate originated between Yeah, but that's wife. fair enough, but no, but he actually has sex with a physical thing. Not a person, no, is it? It's a robot, so you should be allowed to do it. Yes. It looks like Gemma Chan, doesn't mean it is Gemma Chan. Well, it, it just it, looks like Gemma Chan. It does. She, I mean, she, it is Gemma Chan. Isn't, that, the... isn't she Jack Whitehall's girlfriend? She was. Oh, she, well, she was. Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Then, I can, then I can yeah. wire in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the implication there was the only thing stopping me was my loyalty to Jack Whitehall. <laughs> it's it's not the, my marriage. <laughs> that was not the issue. It's a, a man I've met five times. <laughs> um, no, but the point is, you know, there was a character there, wasn't there, who also yeah. looked after their kids. This was yeah. a character that they trusted to look after their kids. Not personally. And, and he, he, whatever, disabled the protocols on <laughs> it in order to bang it. So there was an argument there, absolutely. It was, a little, it was a little bit seedy. But... He actually fucked something. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking about a chat, but you're so talking what about, about text. If, what about if, while you're doing the AI, you've got the Henry Hoover <laughs> on your cut. <laughs> Well, see, now that's also curious because, <laughs> because um, it depends. Because some women are all right, for instance, if their other half is with, you know, somebody of the same sex. That okay. can be a rule. So it'd be all right if it was a Henry Hoover, but if it had been a Hetty Hoover, yeah. my wife might have gotten annoyed by that, okay. you know. It's a, it is a, it's a minefield. We have to be careful. So we do, we do, <laughs> we do have to watch out. But I, yeah, I, brought, I broadly, I mean, I think that one's, it does seem weird that... Uh, that, that part. Most men, I think, would consider it cheating as well. But maybe I've misunderstood what having sex with AI is. But well, I don't think it, I have. It, it, you, well, it doesn't involve having sex. You're talking about, like, phone sex, chat. Yeah. You're talking literally I guess, a text-based thing. I guess it's possible to have... Because uh, what, what you can do is have someone do your training video can't, for you, can't you? can just... Uh, type it in and then there'll be a video and someone will do the training video but it's not a real person right so maybe fake, you mean maybe it's that when you type the thing in a person or whatever you want will appear and do the things but it's not a real per- it's still not a real person i it's think it's a, a sign image. of a fairly unhealthy relationship <laughs> you're doing it yeah. but again i would say it's fairly i would i would consider that guilt-free yeah because again no one, <laughs> literally no one is involved. It's yes. very complicated, and I would say quite sad yeah. masturbation. Like, because when you think about it, if, 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 you're, if you're jacking off to porn, 
other people actually were involved in making that. They're, yeah. they're real people there. It's a recording of them, but you, that's more unfaithful because you're actually looking at actual human beings. Yeah. So there's more, there's, there's more of an involvement of another person in doing that than there is in I guess, I guess, doing it with, with I guess, an artificial construct. I guess the people who don't like the artificial construct would probably not like the pornography as well, though. Yeah, but I, I would still say which is worse, though. I'm going, I'm going which is worse. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying neither is particularly bad. I agree. Let's, let's, let's go to the dressing room and try it out <laughs> together. It'll be free in what we're doing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's talk about your... Well, this is, a, this is an Edinburgh Fringe podcast, of course. I should have mentioned that at the top. This will be going out during the Edinburgh Fringe. This is me at the Edinburgh Fringe, not going to the Edinburgh Fringe, but All still right. being at the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm very clever. So I'm, like, artificially at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, so uh, we'll talk about your, your Edinburgh show. You're doing uh, a new stand-up show that you're, yes, also, you're also going to be touring. Yeah. Uh, called Tragedy Plus Time. Tragedy Plus Time, yeah. Which uh, is... Uh, it comes from a very serious place. It is a bit, yeah. And I think that the hardest thing about the show has not been... The, I mean, writing it has been difficult and performing it so far has been has had its difficulties. But the hardest thing has been, has been talking about it in an upbeat way. Because yeah. the, the show is centres around the, the, the death of... Uh, my, my little brother died last year. Yes. And it's obviously... That's really quite sad. Um, I, I, but he would want me to talk about it. I know he would. And the thing is, I'm actually already quite a hack. Because... <laughs> I saw three different shows at the Edinburgh Fringe last year about this. Yeah. And when I say about this, I don't mean about their little brothers dying. I saw three shows about my <laughs> little brother dying because he was a comedy writer and he was a comedy director. What, his thing, his name was Paul, Paul Byrne, his thing was um, he would take people who had like 45 minutes of jokes and he would help them turn that into a, a one-person Edinburgh Fringe show. It was yeah. quite a, it's quite a niche role in comedy but he was really good at it and he had a bunch of clients and a bunch of people who you'd know, you know Roshan Connody uh, Larry Dean uh, Sindhu V you know people like he, who he worked with and helped you know just improve their shows so he was working on various people's shows at the time of his death he died in February and so there was a bunch of people then in that August whose shows I went to see who started off talking about uh, so this show didn't turn out how I wanted. I was working on it with my director, Paul, who's also my friend. And they do that. And Paul, he's very funny. And they would talk about Paul. And then, and then like, the 45-minute mark would go, anyway, Paul died. I totally saw it coming, right? They, did not, <laughs> they didn't fool me. But, yeah, so there was a bunch of shows about sure. it la- la- last year. So, but I, I've just... And I think people can forgive me. I've taken slightly longer to write mine. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, he absolutely would want... You know, as I say to the audience at the start of the show... He would want me to talk about this. So if you don't laugh, you're the ones disrespecting the dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but then talking about it, yeah. it's one thing about here. But I was on, I was on Saturday Kitchen the other day talking about it, <laughs> right. and that's a bubbly show. Yeah. 
And it's like, yes, what's the show about? Well, and they're like, well, on the, good, on, on the upside, it's not about me kids. Right? <laughs> I've done a lot of shows now about parenting, and it really pisses people off. But this one is not about me kids. It's about my dead brother, you know. Uh, and so we just got into a discussion. But it, and what it is, it is, it's about, it's about it, the, the sort of conceit of the show is it's about the darkest joke I ever told, which I won't reveal here. It, is, it comes at the end of the show, and it's about something I said to my mother afterwards. Okay. And it, but the whole thing is about how humour can get you through the, the, the worst thing. And it's, it, it's that thing. It was, a Mar- it was supposed to be Mark Twain. Since, I've, since I named the show Tragedy Plus Time, I've been doing a bit more reading about it, and apparently it wasn't, maybe it oh, wasn't really? Mark Twain. It's been attributed to Mark Twain okay. that, that he defined humour as tragedy plus time. So yeah. the idea is that how big a tragedy and how much time <laughs> before it's funny. Yes. And uh, it is weird how, like, the darkest stuff can still... Like, the stuff... Like, the worst moment of my life was watching my little brother die because lit- we went for the switch-off, for the unplugging of the life support, and I made the mistake of playing some music on my phone of a band I knew he liked, but a band I'd never heard... I'd never heard this album. And it was a band called Sebado, and the album was Sebado 3, and it was a fucking... There is no ideal soundtrack to watch your little brother's life ebb out of his body. But if there is, it's not fucking this, right? It was... It made a bad situation worse. And it is one of those things where I look back on it. It was like a sitcom. It was like a... Like, it was... It was I mean, we're talking proper, like... Ah, yeah! At the point at the end of the album where the guy is just yelling, Blood on the walls! Blood on the walls! It's fucking horrible. It's not like just like heavy metal. It's really discordant, dark shit. <laughs> to the point where, and this is completely true, when the album finished, my brother is still dying and myself and my mother are still going through this nightmare. Yeah. But when that album finished, I turned to my mother and said, well, thank fuck that's over. <laughs> like that... And that is true. And it is undeniably funny that that happened. It's horrible, it's sad, it's dark, but it is undeniably funny that that took place. So that kind of the whole show, that's, that's, that's the tone of it right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's... right. I mean, as comedians, obviously, we always, you know, we, we know that the, the kind of... Not exactly the juiciest, not always the funniest stuff, but that, that in those bad things that happen to us and those dark things that happen to us, there is mm. always... There is always a joke in there. Yeah. And, uh, but also, that is exactly that, that processing something yeah. as terrible as that and as difficult to understand, you know, as difficult to mm-hmm. comprehend as that. Comedy is a, is a great way of doing it, and for, both for you and for presumably anyone in the audience who's yeah. experiencing something similar. And it has was for him. Yeah, when he was going through it, like, yeah. he knew he needed a liver transplant. Yeah. And he even said to me, in the, in the, like, in the, the November, he was, he, he was in hospital and we were talking about it, and and he said like uh, I, what's really heavy, and this is in the show is the fact that you know it's, what's what's actually really heavy is not the fact that I might die if I don't get a new liver. It's the fact that in order for me to live, I know that someone else has to die, right. and that's a very difficult thing to deal with. Yes. knowing that for me to live, someone else has to die. But then he went, but you know what? Two people probably died to make me iPhone. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. That's you know, when somebody makes a joke like that. That you know that, that that's the you know that I feel like gives you. I give it gives me license to say what I've been saying, of and, it, and and I do, and I and I tell that one to the audience quite early doors to get, sort of give them license to to, to laugh basically. Yeah. And you know these things, these they're as horrible as these things have do throw up funny stuff and yeah. and and funnier stuff because you know the juxtaposition of the worst possible thing happening yeah. and something ridiculous happening really sharpens it you know I've, I've had some of the biggest laughs that i've ever had at funerals you know when yeah. you shouldn't be laughing or when just something something someone's singing badly at a funeral you yeah know, oh you god can... i mean this isn't even in the show but <laughs> paul's funeral you know tim Fitzheim? yes you know he we came on to we played the last post right which he used to do at the end of every um max, max andrew maxwell's full mooners used to be a thing that was on the comedy store yeah and he used to always play the last post and paul was like a you know a sort of a, a, a worked on that show with them so he went but he had the wrong mouthpiece in and he was overcome with emotion so it's it was awful it was just like <laughs> and yeah it was fucking terrible 
but hugely fitting. Yeah. And we're all just laughing at how badly he was playing the last pose. Yeah. And then, and this is also true, and this is in the show, in accordance with Paul's wishes, at the crematorium, the celebrant then pressed the button and said, and now we commit his body to the flames in the manner in which he uh, requested, and he rolled into the flames of the crematorium to Disco Inferno by <laughs> the chant. That's true. Burn, baby, burn. Disco Inferno. Our surname is Burn. He's the youngest in the family. It works on so many levels. But, you know, that, you know, you know as well, and I know that we'd want to have the same thing. We'd, want yeah. people, we'd really want people laughing at our funerals yeah. and crying a bit. We want but... them crying a bit, but we also want them laughing, yeah. But, and, you know, and you would, if you're in that situation and you, you can comprehend what's happening, you'd want to think people were, you know, you'd want to go out to not necessarily... <laughs> music with blood on the walls, but you'd want to go out to knowing people were, were kind of... There was, there was some laughter in that room as well as some tears in that room as well. Yeah, yeah, and there was. You know, there yeah. was a lot of very funny stuff at that funeral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, obviously, the, the show I'm working on is about my own, my own cancer... Uh, which luckily turned out to have be... have my ball back, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's good to... You, you don't know. die at the end of that. I don't... Yeah, no, don't... No, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep people guessing. <laughs> uh, but, well, you know, it, it's... But there's the, my friend Tony uh, just died just before lockdown from cancer, but he was very funny about it as well, so I quote some of his... And you talk about him in the show? Yeah, then, a little right? bit talk about him in the show, but, you know, because... But also it really brought home... He's a like, year older... He was a year older than me. Um, and, and uh, you know, now I'm older than he, he was. Those things are yeah, sort of yeah, weird, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's you know that, and I know that he would love to be remembered in the show, and I know that he'd love to, for, for his jokes to be told and for people still to be laughing at them. Uh, but it is, you know, I, I found writing that book, I mean, quite difficult, but but also very cathartic in just dealing with the situation. So for you as well, presumably, working through this show yeah. is. Is, it's, is it's, helping you, though it must be, a, you know, it must, it's, it's a lot more tragic than what I went through and a lot more... Well, it's weird, because when he died, I was on tour, and obviously I, when, he was, when, he, when, he was, when he looked like he was, it was the end, I cancelled a load of gigs, and, and then... But then after he died, like, I went back on the road, yeah. and that first gig back on the road was the best I felt in, like, weeks, because it was the one time I didn't think about it, and it's also... Yeah. You probably feel, you know, as a, as a comic... The time you spend on stage, it's like the that that's the only ninety minutes of your day where you feel like you know what you're doing. You yeah. know everything else is out of control, and you have no idea. Whereas that one time where you're up there, you know exactly how things work. Well, yeah. you, you know, but it, and I didn't. It was the one time I didn't think about it, and it was the best I felt was while I was on stage because it was I could put it all out of my mind. And now that over a year has passed, I actually quite I kind of like that. You know, kind of talking about him yeah. now that there's been some distance, you know, I, I, I kind of, it feels like it's, I'm making an appointment at the end of every day to, to talk to other people about him, you know. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. And it's a, a completely new thing for me. I have never done a serious, in inverted commas, show before. Sure. I've never done a show where there's, you know, where people then, where the feedback's been, we laughed, we cried, we laughed again. <laughs> yeah. It's usually just we smiled through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we laughed at a couple of bits, but we'd seen them before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, 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 do, I do love that about comedy and I love it about comedians. I do, you know, I do love comedians. Your brother was a, was a great guy. I met him a few times and, you know, it, it, it was, again, it's one of those, we were talking backstage about a couple of other people who've passed recently, and he, but your brother was one of those people that everyone knew and everyone... Mm -hmm you know had a lot of time for and he was you know and i know how upset i've talked to a couple of the comedians thing even on here and i know mm. how upset the people who worked with him were about it all so it's you know it's 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 such a positive thing i think for, mm. in, in every regard uh, i guess as long as as long as yeah, at the end of the night you're not going back to your hotel and going and and you know and, and it all hitting you again i suppose but it, i think that, that, that there's no way when someone like this happens there's no getting over it you know it's not like Oh, I'm fine now. I'm, I'm yeah. Someone I loved dead, and I've got over it. That never really happens, right? So you, I think to, it's a it's a really positive thing. It's, a, yeah, to, it's the best I can do with what yeah. I've got. In, yeah. the, in the it is it is the glass of lemonade I am serving everyone <laughs> for the lemons that have been forced upon me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, but that's that's why I, I, I love that about comedians. I love that comedians. I mean, I don't think in this case when I lost a ball. 
a lot of comedians were quite jealous of the the fact that I had a great that subject. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Routine. I don't I mean, think people would necessarily feel the same jealousy no. to you. No, but well, I hope not. But that is incredible. <laughs> I mean, because I, again, because then this doesn't compare to losing a ball. But like you know, I had a hernia operation, <laughs> and as soon as I thought I had a hernia, and went to the doctor, and they went, "Yeah, that's a hernia." I thought, "I've definitely got to be ten minutes in this." <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how bad your misfortune is. Yeah. And and it did. It, everything that everything bad that happened, and particularly the bad things that happened to you, you do end up turning into comedy. You do. Is there any way for people who aren't comedians to to access that? I suppose there is. I mean, I suppose it's about being positive about. You know, I, I I've really found you know the most of my experience was incredibly positive because it made me appreciate what I had. It made me not want to die. It made me want to see my kids grow up. You know, it made me realise what my priorities were in life. So I suppose everyone can have that kind of revelation and everyone can see the the positive side of something unpleasant happening, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, it is it is a weird, you know... It, 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 comedians are, are weird. And I think I remember this from the, the... The last time you came on this show, I think I hadn't seen you. I've seen you a few times since, but I hadn't seen you for a little while. And when you just, you know, we just... You just get into the just dressing room. Into a groove, don't and you? it's just like we, we'd pick up from wherever yeah. you were five years before. And sometimes yeah. you don't see a comedian for ten years and you're just back into it. Yeah. And there is something weird about comedians. And, 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 and people have said that about going to other countries and meeting comedians that they've never met. Yeah. That, that it just... You fall into this... We have a shorthand. We have yeah. a, an understanding... Yeah. That, yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with it. That's why I've got really annoyed that I feel like there's more and more now, there seems to be a bit of a polarization in the comedy world between your, you can't say anything anymore. Yeah. And your, and your, there, there seems to be a woke versus anti woke uh, civil war starting to break out yes, uh, in, in the world of comedy that, has, that distresses me somewhat. Yeah, I feel, guess. Do you feel the comedy is becoming a bit, little bit tribal now? I think it, kind can, of a... it can be, but I suppose all the, you know, I think that in the extreme cases, yeah, if you took the people who are running the, the very woke gigs and the people who are running the very unwoke gigs, I think, hey, there's, I think someone else made this point quite recently in this podcast, but they're sort of the same thing. <laughs> a, re- a gig where you're not allowed to do any of that material, a gig where you can only do that material. <clears throat> you, you've sort of putting so, so much pressure on yourself that you've, you've created the same night. Yeah, just one, one, one's horrible and one's too, too lovely. I think most people can sort we of. We go. Where where can I go to do my material about <laughs> the differences between cats and dogs? Because the wokesters aren't interested, <laughs> and the you can't say anything anymore. Crowd don't want to fucking know either. Yeah. I know, but I think most comedy is still somewhere in the middle, and most comedians are really in the middle. Like, yeah, you know, without I, doubt. I, I think even I, you know, I, I I sort of really dislike that idea of a night where you do your most offensive material, not because I don't like offensive material, but just because I think it only works if it's in a night where you're not expecting <laughs> offensive material or you're not. Oh, that's well, not that, what it's about. Well, my thing about the concept of offensive material, because there are some comedians who have this argument who will say that you should be able to say whatever you want on stage. Like, the stage should be a safe place, and no matter what you... Whatever you say, no one should, no one should be able to get offended by anything a comedian says. And there's a lot of comedians who, you know, who maybe you know, pride themselves on being edgy, who will... Who will who will, you know, espouse that notion that if, if it's comedian and it's just a joke, you should be able to say whatever you want and no one should get offended. But I go, well, if that's the case, then what is the difference between Michael McIntyre and Frankie Boyle? Yeah. Like, where there's no such thing as edgy. If, a, if anyone should be allowed to say whatever they want... Yeah. Then there's no such thing... Then there is no edge. No. Because the, the raps are off. Yeah. So that laugh you get... Where people are like, oh, I can't believe you said that, and that kind of and that whole concept of 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 of, of you know of taking a, a a distasteful concept and and getting comedy out of it, or 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 pushing an audience's boundaries and that kind of thing, that ceases to exist yeah. the moment you say, well, it shouldn't matter what a comedian says. Yeah. You have to accept that it matters what they say in order to be able to get that ooh reaction. Yeah, exactly. And you have to feel I'm taking, you know, I'm jumping into the unknown with this. Maybe it'll work, and maybe it won't. Yeah, the concept I mean, I of think, risk. I think that's the. I mean, that's maybe what they feel you're losing is. Oh, I'm. I think John Cleese is sort of he's saying, you know, if a comedian doesn't feel they can say anything, then then their their artistic freedom is so fettered. But. There's always been things you can't, oh, totally. you can't say. So Jesus. you, <laughs> I remember, in, like in '97, people who had, you know, w- w- would absolutely be storming it, and then they went, "Fuck it, I'll toss in me old 
Princess Diana material yeah. and see if it still works <laughs> and fucking walk off to the sound of their own feet. Yeah. You know, because that was a hot... That was, and for years, like, after she died, you could not make a joke about that woman, right? Yeah. And people who, who, people who were pissing themselves laughing at jokes about Diana when she was alive, suddenly, that's it. And for, like, two years... And I've seen comedians who had routines about Princess Diana... And and, they, and I could see them. They were doing great. I remember a few times at the Glee Club, particularly for some reason, and they're going, "Oh fuck, this is going well." Like, you know what? I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna dust off the old fucking Diana and see if I can see if I can bring it back. No, yeah. and the audience just turn on. No, we are not fucking having it yeah. because whatever it is, there's always going to be an issue that, that that the audience has just decided is 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 a bit too far, and that's always been the case. It's just it's. The, the subject matter changes. That's all. Yeah. But so you've you've already got you've got that barometer in every kick, and you find out what what works and what doesn't. That's that's the job of the comedian. But I, you know, I don't think most of those gigs in the middle are. You know, I, I think someone could come from any either of those other gigs and and still be able to do their stuff. So I think for most people, it isn't really affecting it. And I think when I meet the guys who are, are say running those gigs that I don't really care for, I sort of get on with them. Still, I still mm. I still you know you realize they're not. They've got a different viewpoint to me about about what you know. I like doing edgy comedy. I like doing. I like taking risks with comedy. So, but they've got a slightly different idea of how you do that. But I still feel I get on with them, and I still feel I get on with Wokey McWoke. <laughs> how is Wokey McWoke anyway? The, the blooming snowflake. I mean, you know, as if being woke is a bad thing. Uh, but you know, I think I still I still like those kind. Of, you know, I always. I think the I think the circuit you know you and I were going in the nineties and I think the circuit in the nineties was much more restricted. It was much more white men doing quite laddie stuff, and there wasn't much variety of opinion or experience. I would say, yeah, and I, and I, I think now be... it's really we got a, a, a you know we got a beautiful rainbow. But I still, you would go to say the comedy store on a Saturday night, and virtually every comedian get on stage would have a paedophile joke. You yeah. know what I mean? And it and it wasn't considered particularly shocking. No, and it was you know, and in a way that you know it would made it might have been in the eighties you wouldn't be able to say, it, but then you could in the nineties, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and that was, but you but there's other, but you, you you couldn't do anything say about race, you know. And now I think because we have, I think more of a, a you know, a, a, a more a more diverse um, comedy. Um, Population, as in of people actually doing comedy, yeah. things like race can be handled far more openly. You, mm-hmm. you can you can get more interesting uh, material, even from from white comedians now, particularly when they're on a mixed bill and you know you know who who they're with and stuff like that. I think these these kind of topics can be discussed more uh, more widely than they, than they could when it was a, a very monocultural yeah. uh, circuit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's, everything's still fair game, I think. So I, I think it's a bit of an art. I think a lot of the things that are dividing society are slightly artificial, you know, artificial talking points that aren't really... Yeah. That most people, it doesn't really matter to them. Yeah. <laughs> one side or the other of, of that argument. And then you make it matter to someone. Like Brexit's a very good example of that. Brexit was something that 30 years ago no, very few people would have cared about. And they made enough people care about it for it to happen. It's not really. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good analogy because that implies that uh, whatever whatever people are pretending to care about now is actually going to be a massive thing. Yeah, that's true. It could. Well, you know, it could be. It could be. Well, I think. I think. But by make, you know, by make the woke. The idea of wokeness is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And you can't. And when the you know people can't define it when they when they actually are forced to define it. And it's only about being, you know, being awake and being aware and being kind to people is, is what it really well, is. Well, it, it's, it's now that woke has been redefined by anyone, by anyone who doesn't like any yeah. kind of progressiveness. That's, woke was a very specific thing. It meant to be aware of the baked-in inequalities in society, particularly with regard to race. Yeah. Particularly with regard to race, but not exclusively. But that was it. The, the baked-in inequalities of society, being aware of them, that's being woke. And now it's being a vegan. <laughs> Like that, seriously, <laughs> now it's now it's you know crying at fucking weddings. It's, it's woke now. Anything that you, anyone, anyone doesn't approve of or doesn't think is typically male or enough is now woke. It's like it's the, what's been. There was a fucking article in the Telegraph about about like builders are turning woke because they're talking about history. <laughs> like it was utterly ludicrous. Yeah, we'll be. I think we'll be all right. Um, 
Well, look, we've got a little bit of time. You're 3.2% Neanderthal. Uh, yes, that was one thing I discovered on a show I did. <laughs> That's yet a lot. Tele- That's yet a lot. television programme that involved Darrow Brian. I do do my own stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a, a, a science club, I think, was the name of the okay. show that he did. Uh, yet another one of his failed vehicles. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yes, so we, 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 you, you can test. There's, there's, there's genetic markers to tell you how, how, um, how Neanderthal you are. That's quite a lot, isn't it? 3.2. 3.2 is pretty high. Yeah. 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 Um, it, yeah um, but it, it, is it? Yeah, it is. No, it is. <laughs> You're absolutely is. right. But don't worry. I'm not going to start throwing rocks at your head. It's well, you know, maybe... I mean, there's, I've, I've read a beautiful book about Neanderthals that uh, was on the Relis Book Club. Thank you. That, um, that you should all uh, read uh, by... Rebecca Rag, I want to say. I hope I've got that right. Uh, uh, but uh, take it out if I got it wrong, uh, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but it's you know, but it, but they there's a you know they're they're not uh, the Neanderthals were not necessarily the way people imagine them. So maybe primitive as thought. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, that was. I think we might have talked about this last time. And then oh, really? it actually turned out that we we interbred with Neanderthals. The Homo sapiens and Neanderthals did interbreed. More in yeah. a way that we didn't think. We we thought it was going to be completely separate, but actually we did. We cohabited, and uh, yeah. And, and 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 yeah, we bumped Good. uglies even. Good. Do you think it would be cheating to have sex with the Neanderthal? Yeah, Neanderthal. Yes, because it's an actual. <laughs> uh, it's a different species. I mean, that's why. Yeah. Technically, well, they, you know, but, but, yeah, but I mean, it's still it's cheating if you fuck the cat. <laughs> like, that's still you are still having sex with another living creature. What that's if it? Still... What if it just lick? You put some marmite on your cock and it just licks the end. Then of that's your all cock. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that worked. I expect. I expect. <laughs> they've got quite a rough tongue, though, so be careful. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I, I, said, I said that about the cat. Like I come, came home to find my wife with the cat, and I'm like that's cheating. <laughs> if you fuck the cat. <laughs> so look, tell us where your show is on in Edinburgh. First of all. Oh, I'm time. at the Music Hall. I think I'm on at. Ha- I think I'm on around half nine. Okay. I think roughly. That's I right. Mean, if people can look it up. Who goes? Who listens to a podcast <laughs> and, and goes? Ah, oh, that's all the information I need. I am not going to consult any devices. I'm not going to look that up. That's all I need to know, and I'm just going to walk there now and make sure I get there at the time he said. Someone, I hope. Yeah. Uh, maybe buy a ticket before you go. And just look, at, look at the ticket, that's why. Sometime between nine... It, it, the show starts between nine o'clock and ten o'clock. I think it's half nine. Okay. And then you're on tour for... And then the I'll be on tour... The tour, the dates are at the moment are booked between now and the end of the year, but there will be more dates then cool. up to the summer. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. And is, is it nice to be back on the road again? I've only really just finished. I yeah. mean, my old show, I, I rang the absolute juice out of the last <laughs> show I did. The show I did at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2019, I... Only stopped doing it a few weeks ago. Right. Like, I did a little tour around the, the, the Nordic countries and I went to uh, New Zealand and Australia with it as well. And uh, so I've only just finished doing right. that. And then I just recorded it at the Soho Theatre in uh, July there. So, okay. so I, yeah, I, I, because of the truncated nature of that tour, because I had to take 18 months off because of a pandemic, oh, yeah. uh, the, 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 new, the new show has come slightly hot on the heels. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm dying to get back out on the road because I've been <laughs> on the road. I was dying to get back on the road after after COVID. Yeah, and I've been fairly steadily working since then. That was, you know, but that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Especially if your wife wants you out of the house. She wants me out of the house. <laughs> so that's that's really out the house. That's out <laughs> the garden. That's everywhere you go. Oh God! When I was in New Zealand, I, was, I went to Australia, New Zealand for like five weeks, and I phoned her and said, "So I'm coming back on Sunday," and she went. I thought I had another week. <laughs> <laughs> it's going well, though, right? The marriage is going. The, the marriage well, is going absolutely fine. I, you know, we we we, we have our rules. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. She's not allowed to fuck the cat. I am allowed to have an affair with AI constructs. Okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful relationship. <laughs> and the wedding vows must have been terrific. And now Gemma Chan. So. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> Now, now you've got the okay from Jack. It's all right. 
<laughs> Off you go. Um, look, it's always a delight, and we, you can come back whenever you like, Ed. You don't uh, have to you know wait. What? I feel we... bad because I've just remembered I did do it in the, at the Edinburgh Fringe as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, so but that was a long time ago. It was a long time yeah. ago, yeah. But I haven't done it here. This is only my second time here. Okay. So, yeah, I still think I'm allowed to be annoyed I think all, the, could, I all think... the times I saw that Sarah Pascoe had done it again <laughs> when I had not. I will never have her on again <laughs> until you've done as many times as she <laughs> And I'll count up the laughs from each one and work out... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. The incredible Edmund! You have been listening to Rahala Stepper with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ed Byrne. The music is provided by Scant Regard. Thank you to Pest for doing the music in the past, but, you know, those days are gone, my friends. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, uh, to Jess at the Leicester Square Theatre. She's the best one here. Everyone else at the Leicester Square Theatre as well. And all of the crazy crew who film and record this show. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash fallback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.